Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Welcome, it is uh, the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one, Mark Levin. He will be back with you on Tuesday. So are you ready to go back to church? Or uh, do churches need to be shut down? There are a lot of pastors that are now joining together in different networks trying to help one another. Brian Gibson is a uh, the founding pastor of his church, and he is now urging religious leaders to hold services. And now the left has gone after him and attacked him, saying, just because God, you say, is on your team doesn't mean that you should get a right to open back up. Well, now pastors are coming together, urging a nationwide reopen to preach at their churches. And after what has happened in Chicago with what people are calling thuggery, churches are coming to the aid of churches there that have been shut down by Chicago because they had their services. They've been fined $500 for holding their services last week. Now, Brian Gibson, pastor of his church, a mega church with locations in Kentucky and Texas, is now going to go to one of the three uh, churches that was fined by the city and the governor for it, with his statewide at-home order, according to the Chicago Police Department. Now, this movement, Peaceably Gather, has thousands of churches on board. And they're saying it's time for churches to stand up against the injustice of them being shut down. Now, Chicago, I think, is clearly, in my opinion, gone too far. Gave you a great example. You look at Mayor Lori Lightfoot and her disgusting display of double standard, getting her hair cut, uh, and an illegal haircut at that, but then using the government to forcibly block church parking lots and fine congregations. As one pastor characterized it, saying there's a ruling caste and there are, and you are the peasants. This is a refugee population that came here with totalitarian government who had religious liberties. And what do they find when they get to Chicago? They find thuggery. They shut down the streets around their churches. These people are harassed. It's un-American. It's unacceptable. This is not Romania. This is not China. This is America, he said. So I go to stand with them for the First Amendment and stand for religious freedom and stand with my brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, you look at the mayor, Lori Lightfoot, and again, this is the we're the peons and she's the queen. I think that's pretty obvious now. It's obvious that she has a double standard. She said that she needed her haircut because she's famous and on TV. Needs to look good for TV. And then you have churches. And I'll be honest with you. This Sunday, I would not go to church if my church was reopened. Now, my, my church at this point is not. We're doing online, okay? 
we are not doing um, services in the sanctuary. If it was, I would not be going yet. I have small kids. I'm just not going to do it. And I think there are a lot of people that even if their churches are opened up, okay, I don't believe that they're going to show up in masses. I think it's very safe to have church is my point. Uh, I know a lot of people that with kids and without there being child care, they're not going to go to church. They're going to do it at home because there's no child care and they're not going to put their kids in child care and they're going to be respectful. But there's a lot of people that want to go to church that don't have kids uh, and they want to go worship and they're going to socially distance. These churches are extremely responsible. It's not like we're going to have an Easter Sunday or a Christmas service in these churches when they open back up. And I think churches are some of the most responsible, loving kind. And and let's also remember, it is the churches that have been doing a ton of the heavy lifting recently, feeding the unemployed, feeding those in need. If you drive by churches all over this country, what do you see? You see lines of cars lined up every day to get food. Distribution centers that have been set up. Churches in times like this are where people go to seek comfort. There is also another side of why I want churches to reopen, the mental health side of things. Let me explain what I mean by that. All right? Um, I am one of those that believes that church is really important for people that are stressed. We see a lot of people, when they are stressed out, going to church. We see an incredible amount of people that go to church when they hit rock bottom, when they are at their worst point, and that is something I think is great. People right now, we have unemployment higher than it's ever been in my lifetime. I would argue that right now churches are more important than they've ever been. I would argue that they are extremely important for the health of the people of this country. And there are people right now that may need to go to church like we've never seen before. There are people that may need to be in church more than ever. And that is something that people need to understand. And it's pretty disgusting that people seem to not be understanding that. Now, the the way that churches are being treated by the governor in, for example... Illinois, and by Lightfoot in Chicago, physically surrounding churches, shutting off roads around churches, shutting off parking lots around churches that are coming to meet. That is, my opinion, an assault on our religious freedom. That is taking it way too far. Way, way, way too far. I think people that go to church are very smart. I think they understand social distancing. I think they're going to be responsible. And I think there's a lot of people that are not going to show up at church, even when they open back up, for the reasons that I just mentioned, including, and I'm one of them. I'm going to Bedside Baptist on Sunday morning. I'm watching online. I'm not going to take my kids into a service uh, where they're going to be loud. They're young. I'm not going to do it. 
And there are others that are going to do the same thing. And there are those that are at risk that are probably not going to show up. But there are plenty of people that in a responsible way, in a more responsible way, I would argue, than those at Walmart right now and Kroger and any other grocery store and Home Depot and Lowe's can go to a church in an orderly fashion where there's organized seating and it's very clear you can sit by family. I think it's good for the mental health of this country. I think it's good for families. And most importantly, it's now getting to the point where it's starting to concern me about just pure government overreach and, and, and dealing with my religious freedoms. When you start, when the government starts using its power to surround the parking lot of a church that's going to meet, we got a problem. When you have politicians that start attacking the church, you got a problem. You got a big problem. You have politicians now that are attacking Christians for wanting to congregate. That's a problem. Treating them like criminals, passing out fines, surrounding their property. You you, you crossed a line there. And the government should know better. And Lightfoot should know better. Churches play a pivotal role in this country's makeup. Whether liberals and socialists want to admit it or not. Don't tread on me, is what one person said to me as a pastor this week. A lot of people use that when they're talking about their gun rights, and he's talking about it when it comes to his religious freedom. Churches do incredible uh, things. Churches do incredible things for this community and their local communities all over the country. And when you start treating them like they're criminal enterprises and you start surrounding their buildings, you got a problem. You got a problem with me and a whole lot of other Christians out there. And I'm not trying to go to war with the with the government. What I am saying is to, to you know, with all due respect to, to Lightfoot, screw you. You out there, and this is just a power thing with her. You're out there not abiding by your own rules. This is when wasn't it wasn't it Mr. Producer de Blasio that was walking around in the park? You know, don't go to the parks. Oh, but I can go on a walk. Why? Because I'm I'm in charge and you're not. You're a little minion and I'm the god. Well, when Lightfoot starts acting like a god, when de Blasio starts acting like a god, telling me I can't talk to my god, we got a real problem here. One eight seven seven three eight one thirty eight eleven. Now, early on, I was in favor of churches abiding by the rules and shutting down. Because we didn't know what we were dealing with, right? And, and 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 I said it's a universal across the board. It's not like we're just shutting down churches and nothing else. And we were trying to figure out what's going on with this. We know a lot more now. And when you start doing this in a vindictive way towards churches, that is when my BS monitor goes off. That's when my red flag goes up. And when you go and get your hair cut, but you tell me to shut up and stay home. And you start acting like you're a God and I can't visit with my God in church. We got a problem. Call me old school, but we got a real issue. one 381 3811 1-877-381-3811. I want to get your phone calls in here tonight. You can also tweet at me uh, and send me a message on social media, at Ben Ferguson Show on Twitter, uh, on Facebook, at Ben Ferguson Show. It's Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one, Mark Levin. We'll be right back. 
Mutt Lovin. At Hillsdale College, faith and learning are integrated in pursuit of a common end. And I've been talking a lot about four pillars of the Hillsdale College mission. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Today, I'd like to focus on faith. As the founders of our nation knew, God is indeed the first authority and the motive toward which all learning moves. Hillsdale understands that we come to really know things through reason and faith. And their students are taught to pursue truth through both. Founded in 1844 by Christians, students of all faiths are welcome at Hillsdale College and always have been. How does the college teach the essentials of the Christian faith and religion, all students must take a course, the Western theological tradition, as part of Hillsdale's rigorous core curriculum. The college also offers majors in religion, philosophy and religion, and Christian studies. Hillsdale's campus is a welcoming place in which to discuss and practice faith. Respectful dialogue among Christians of different denominations and with students of non-Christian faiths is just one hallmark of this stellar college. Now to learn more, visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Levinforhillsdale.com. All right, welcome back. It is the Ben Ferguson Show. Nice to have you with us. And if you just, uh, or actually, Mark Levin, I, you can tell I do my, my own show too often. <laughs> Mark Levin Show, Ben Ferguson, filling in for the great one. This is what happens when you do two shows in one day, folks. That's all I can say to you. Mark will be back with you on Tuesday, if you just joined us, we are chatting right now. Mr. Producer, don't give me too much crap about that. You knew it was going to happen eventually. Uh, if you just joined us, churches now are having to deal with this question, and that is, it's a tough one. It is, when do we go back to having our services when the government's telling us we cannot? It is a really tough one. Uh, when do we do it? And the government treating us like we're criminals, I believe, is crossing a line. They are blocking people in Chicago from going in the parking lot, surrounding streets, cutting streets off around churches if they hear that you are going to church on Sunday. They're finding churches, churches that do a lot of great work in the community. And there are more and more churches. There's now uh, 3,000 churches that united against Governor Newsom in California to open back up. And they're doing it in a responsible way. They, they are doing it in a responsible way. Churches are not acting in a stupid way. Churches want people to be able to come to church and worship. Many are still going to stay home. Many are still going to watch online. Many are not going to put themselves at risk or others, or if, they're, or if they have pre-existing conditions or they have young children, they're not going to bring them because there's no nurseries. But there are a lot of churches that are doing social distancing and letting families sit together. And I believe right now in this stressful time, this is the highest unemployment of my lifetime. It is very stressful. It is very, very stressful. There are people right now that need to go to church, I would argue, more than ever before. And they need the ability to go to church more than ever before. Why are we not allowing them to do that? Churches, I would argue, follow rules probably better than anybody or any group nationwide. 
why would we not allow this to happen? One eight seven seven three eight one thirty eight eleven. Mr. Producer, we want me to go first. Let's go to Nick in Oregon. Welcome. You're on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. Hello. Hey, Ben. Thanks for taking my call. Absolutely. Uh, you're probably aware out here in Oregon earlier this week, a group of churches got together and challenged Governor Brown's uh, stay-at-home order on the basis of that it exceeded the constitutional or her constitutional authority, and also after 28 days, she was required by Oregon state law to go back to the legislature and uh, get approval to continue her order. Well, a district court judge in Baker, Oregon, agreed with the plaintiffs that on both accounts that uh, she was incorrect. Well, she, uh, Governor Brown immediately filed an appeal with uh, states, the Oregon State Supreme Court, and they issued an injunction that uh, basically said the null and void order given by the Baker Court judge uh, could not go into effect. Uh, the plaintiffs filed today with a federal judge, uh, again, to try and get the null and void order back in place. And the judge ruled that Governor Brown's order would likely be upheld because the governor would likely win in exceeding the constitutional rights of the churches to worship, even though she clearly violated the 28 days in which she had to go back to the legislature to get it approved. To me, it's alarming that the governor can exceed the constitutional rights of churchgoers to congregate. Amazing. Yeah, completely amazing. Uh, it's just amazing. Uh, you look at these 3,000 churches that are going up against Governor Newsom, and they're sitting there going, how long are you going to keep us locked out? Like, we do so much good for the community. We're going to socially distance. We're going to allow families to sit together, and, 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 and we're not packing them in there. We're going to do it the appropriate way. Churches are... I would argue as a organization nationwide, probably the best at following rules and protecting people. They certainly don't want a people to bunch of people to be able to get sick. Right. Why would you not? Why would you not? Let them open back up and people need them. People need them now more than ever because of the stress and, and the people losing their jobs and people losing loved ones and people not being able to see their elderly that are in hospitals Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. Mark Levin will be right back. At Hillsdale College, faith and learning are integrated in pursuit of a common end. And I've been talking a lot about four pillars of the Hillsdale College mission. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Today, I'd like to focus on faith. As the founders of our nation knew, God is indeed the first authority and the motive toward which all learning moves. Hillsdale understands that we come to really know things through reason and faith. And their students are taught to pursue truth through both. Founded in 1844 by Christians, students of all faiths are welcome at Hillsdale College and always have been. How does the college teach the 
essentials of the Christian faith and religion, all students must take a course, the Western Theological Tradition, as part of Hillsdale's rigorous core curriculum. The college also offers majors in religion, philosophy and religion, and Christian studies. Hillsdale's campus is a welcoming place in which to discuss and practice faith. Respectful dialogue among Christians of different denominations and with students of non-Christian faiths is just one hallmark of this stellar college. Now, to learn more, visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. The Mark Levin Show is tomorrow's morning show. You can reach Mark now at 877-381-3811. Welcome back. Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. If you just joined us, we are chatting right now about... um, Churches that are starting to fight back against governments that are clearly overreaching to keep them uh, silent and shut down and not gathering. 3,000 churches have come together to challenge uh, Socialist Governor of California, Newsom. Uh, You have now in Illinois churches coming together to uh, stand up to Governor, the governor there, and also the mayor in Chicago, Lori Lightfoot, who literally is surrounding churches and using law enforcement to block roads around churches and entrances to church parking lots so that people can't go to church, where they have found out that churches were going to meet in a responsible manner. I would argue that now we need churches more than any other time with COVID-19. We know how to protect ourselves. We know how to social distance. And we have people that are hurting, and they need this. People need to be able to have some normalcy, some support. Losing a job is exhausting and traumatic. one 381 3811 one Let's go to your phone calls uh, and see what you think about this. Uh, let me go first to Julia, Cedar Falls, Iowa. Nice to have you with us on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson with you. Hello. Hi, glad to talk to you. Yes, I um, was wanting to just make a point. I find it ironic that they're okay with churches being open when they're feeding people, supporting people, but when the worshipers need the support of their own churches, they turn around and say, nope, can't have that. And I just feel that somewhere, some somehow they have to start being called on these double standards that they keep getting away with. It's it's it is when you surround a church and you you do what they've done. I mean, it reminds me and and it may be because I just watched Waco, but it reminds me of the way the government treated, you know, them like they were all criminals. Right. That they were instantly, you know, you're surrounding a church. You're blockading streets around churches in Chicago. Like, don't you have anything better to do? You're one of the most dangerous, violent cities in America. You're, You're the murder capital of the world. You got fugitives everywhere. And you're using your resources to stop good people from going to church and social distancing and church in groups as a family. Like, get your priorities straight, for goodness sakes. And somewhere along the line, I think you forgot about our our, um, amendment rights here, too. There's an argument to be made that they're not infringing on your First Amendment rights because you have the right to talk. You have the right uh, to, to... 
gather in your home. You have you, you get my point, and they have the right to say you can't have these large gatherings, and they've been universal in the way they've done it. It's not like they're just targeting churches. Uh, I've talked to some people that have said, look, it's if they only said, hey, on Sunday, you, no churches can meet, but everything else can meet, you'd have a huge case on your hands. This has been uniform across uh, many businesses. But as we are reopening, it seems like churches are being left out. That's where the problem comes in for me. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and, and Governor Newsom, it seems like, and, and Lightfoot, it's like there's a disdain for the church congregation and the church population, and they're treating them like they're criminals instead of treating them like the do-gooders and, and, and a positive asset in the community. Yep, and the, and these large churches, I mean, I guess if, if they really want to push it that far, the churches need to start looking at breaking up into smaller home church groups and choose to meet in small groups around the city. It's going to be a little hard to track that down. Well, and now this also just goes back to people not, you have some people that are paranoid of the government, maybe more so than others, and this just feeds into that paranoia. It feeds into that anger. It feeds into this, I told you so. It feeds into, see, you really are trying to silence churches. See, this really is a move by the government to shut down churches and the ability for Christians to assemble. And and I I can't disagree with that paranoia now. I can't do it. I get the point that they're getting at. Julie, I appreciate the phone call. one 381 3811 Let me go to Dave, Castle Rock, Colorado. You are on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in tonight. Hello. Hey, good evening, Ben. Yeah, I'm kind of on the same track. I was going to say something along the lines of what the last lady just said. And one of the reasons that I believe that we're still here in Colorado right now under Governor Jared Polis um, we're not allowed to go to church. It has not been deemed essential because partially it instills hope. It's a reset. It's, it reignites your soul and gives you, you know, clarity in time of despair. Kind of like you said, it's more necessary now than ever. And that's something they don't want. We're supposed to be kind of all scared and, and, you know, worried and not allowed to push that reset button or partake in a sacrament. Or take well, and why are these governors lollygagging around and not opening up churches earlier on? That is that's where it comes down to. Churches are standalone from every other everything else. Churches are important society. Churches help people. Church give comfort uh, to people in distress. Churches are great for, for mental health. Why are you lollygagging to let them reopen in a responsible way? You can have restrictions at 50% capacity or 25% capacity, right? You can do that, and you're not doing it on purpose now. And the question is why? Why are you, why are you not allowing them to open and show me a bunch of churches that are going to be jam-packed on Sunday. It's not going to happen. I, as I'm, I'm a perfect example of that. The majority of people that I know are not going to go to church in a large group. I want to sing, and I want to say hallelujah. No, um, uh, plenty of churches, such as my own, that have large properties, and we would put up a tent and have an outdoor service, just like on an Easter morning service. Yeah, With, well, you know, I mean, look, you, you look at... Mayor Lightfoot. I mean, she's she claims that she needs to get her hair dyed because she's discombobulated, right? And she's got to look good for TV, but no one else can get a haircut, but she can get an illegal haircut. 
That, that, that's the, the, you know, do as I say. You, you look at the mayor of New York City. I can go for a walk in Central Park, but you can't. And if you do, we're gonna, we're gonna cite you, give you a fine, arrest you, whatever we want to do to you. But I'm different because I am power. And I can't go to church, but Planned Parenthood is open here and recreational marijuana shops are open here. So I don't, I don't understand. Yeah, you can go buy weed, but you can't go to church. That's right. You can go get an abortion. But you can't go to church. Don't tell me that I'm now paranoid thinking the government might be actually trying to keep churches down and keeping them silent. Appreciate the phone call. Thank you, sir. Good to talk to you. Let me go to, uh, to who's next, Mr. Producer? One, and by the way, one eight seven seven three eight one thirty eight eleven is the number. One eight hundred one eight seven seven three eight one thirty eight eleven. Fitz, you're on the, the Marco Vin show. Ben Ferguson filling in tonight. Hi. Yeah, Ben. Uh, what it says in God we trust. Where does the governors come in? There's a separation between church and state. That's what I was raised on. That's what the Constitution is all about. That's what the Mayflower came over here for. The churches take care of their own students when they have their schools. They don't ask anything. They take care of themselves. They're independent. Where did, I think the bottom line is I think the governor stepped into something they shouldn't have stepped into, and they really should be comfortably tapped on the shoulder and taken the hell out of that zone that they're in because this does not work. This is that, That's the first thing they do when they come in is close up the churches. That's yeah. They realize that they should have never allowed it day one. You know, there's, you certain, can... there's certain people that, that uh, the government – thinks are irresponsible churches uh, and people that go to church for some reason they're now prejudiced against right and i think it's for political reasons uh hunters right and fishermen they're always paranoid about hunters and fishermen we're really smart you know i, I got a, i got a bird dog but i'm not going to take him hunting with me there's a bunch of alligators around right i mean we're pretty smart people we're not idiots here yeah, and I'm a little bit worried about the uh, politicians. I'm a little suspicious of them, too. So you stay on your side the fence. I stay on mine. I'm not saying anything different. I mean, wait, wait, wait. They had this, this is the worst thing that they could do to anyone who's even a little bit religious if they just open their eyes and wake up. Bad. Very, very, very bad. I'm not, I mean, I'm not a, a high roller with the church, but my God, I, 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 it, it, it does something for me once a week. I try to make it. I try to make a nice donation. And you want to know something? If you, uh, I'm going to tell you something. You make a donation, you get a lot more back. A lot more well, back. Well, and, and every single time in my lifetime, there has been a disaster, a natural disaster, a local disaster, a big disaster, a Hurricane Katrina. Where is it that people run to? They go to churches. For a reason. They go to churches because they know that that's where you can go and get some help. Ben, I don't, you're saying it for me. I don't have to say a word. Thank you, brother. Good good to talk to you, and I appreciate the phone call. one 381 3811 Let me go to John and Palm Coast, Florida. John, you guys down there have had some battles with churches. Uh, we've had local elected liberals that have been attacking churches. The governor, it seems to be clearly sitting behind churches, reopening in a responsible way. And now you're having this in this fight within your state. John, you there? Yes, I am. Hi, go ahead. I didn't. 
Okay, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, you know, I really don't understand why this is tolerated. I mean, politicians are not self-employed. They are not self-employed. They work for us, and they seem to forget that. And I think we seem to forget that we put them in office, and we can take them out. So to all these people in these blue states, okay, they're suffering with these governors and these mayors. Well, come election time, maybe you need to do something about it and put them out of work. Yeah. This is going to, I think, inspire people to vote like you've never seen before in November and stand in line in November, not this BS mail-in crap that the Democrats are trying to steal elections using. And another thing, sorry to interrupt you, I don't understand how the Constitution can be trampled on by these people. I mean, I thought the Constitution was a law of the land. And if you violated the Constitution, you know, at your peril, and they seem to just, you know, it's like like it's a paper tiger to them. Yeah. I mean, what about what about the, the, the previous caller talked about separation of church and state? What about all this? You know, when they wanted to take the crosses out of public domain and you couldn't pray and all these kinds of things. Now they're sticking their nose in. in uh, well, they don't want you to go to church. Well, somebody just said, you know, maybe maybe we should just all wear a whole bunch of accoutrement at church and then we'll be fine. They'll just say, okay, you're really protected. <laughs> Maybe that would get them off our back, right? We'll get them off our back if we pack, send them packing. You know, I used to think that our politicians... What if, what if, just cover everything up, wear a whole bunch of clothes, we'll be good. No, I, I don't see the humor in it, really. I, the, the, the churches are... The, the people that are going to church are not the bad ones. That's... To, to these ignorant, arrogant, condescending hypocritical leaders like Lightfoot. I can get my hair cut because I got to go on TV and look good, but you can't go to church. You can't do it. This OAC, she flies back and forth to Washington. Why? Oh, I have important business to do. See, what the average American doesn't understand is these elites, they're going to create a life for us that we won't want to live in. Meanwhile, they won't be living that life. By the way, we're... By the way, we're getting word that uh, Donald Trump just made a comment on churches. I'm going to have that for you uh, coming up in just a moment on the Mark Levin Show. We'll take a quick break. Ben Ferguson filling in. You can tweet at me. You can angry tweet at me at Ben Ferguson Show or follow me there on Facebook as well. Ben Ferguson Show. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. At Hillsdale College, faith and learning are integrated in pursuit of a common end. And I've been talking a lot about four pillars of the Hillsdale College mission. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Today, I'd like to focus on faith. As the founders of our nation knew, God is indeed the first authority and the motive toward which all learning moves. Hillsdale understands that we come to really know things through reason and faith. And their students are taught to pursue truth through both. Founded in 1844 by Christians, students of all faiths are welcome at Hillsdale College and always have been. How does the college teach the essentials of the Christian faith and religion, all students must take a course, the Western theological tradition, as part of Hillsdale's rigorous core curriculum. The college also offers majors in religion, philosophy and religion, and Christian studies. Hillsdale's campus is a welcoming place in which to discuss and practice faith. Respectful dialogue among Christians of different denominations and with students of non-Christian faiths is just one hallmark of this stellar college. Now to learn more, visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Levinforhillsdale.com. 
Welcome back. It is the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one tonight. He'll be back with you on Tuesday. And now elected officials are attacking churches like we've never seen before. It's like they think it's going to be like a big cuddlesome fest of everybody running in and cuddling together. No, that's not what we're going to do if we get to go to church. And now churches are starting to fight back. They're starting to try to open. And then the government is now trying to go in and chokehold them into submission. Great example is Mayor Lightfoot in Chicago, surrounding church parking lots, shutting off streets to churches. And if they find out a church is planning on opening, they literally will force you to a point where you can't even get into the church. And you want to know why people are paranoid about the power of the government. I would argue now that churches are more important than they have been um, for many people that are in hurting right now, that have lost their jobs or stress, I, you don't think people are stressed. Look at how many people miss house payments already in one month of this stuff, in two months. The number's staggering for people that miss mortgage payments. People are hurting right now. People are hurting, and they need help. And church is a great place for that to happen. One eight seven seven three eight one thirty eight eleven. Is it time for churches to be open? Is it time for them to open up quickly? Mark, Las Vegas, you uh, are on the Mark Levin Show. Mark, you're a great example. You have extremely high unemployment in Las Vegas right now because of everything with the casinos. And it's true. Being, sh- being shut down, I would argue that uh, Vegas is a prime example of a place where churches right now are probably needed more than ever before your reaction. Well, I don't want to sound sensationalist, but this is the defining moment in American constitutional history. As every first-year law student knows, religion is a fundamental right. And it's time. We have to stop now arguing about, well, what's the motive of the politicians, etc. We need to get these cases into the U.S. district courts. We have some that are coming through right now. We've had some good decisions. We need to stop this once and for all. We're, hopefully, we can even get it up to um, Court of Appeals. The Supreme Court will get a favorable decision with the conservative judges and stop this outrage once and for all. It's not just for now. It's for the future. We can't have this. And the only way to take care of it is to file these lawsuits and get our favorable rulings. Otherwise, there's nothing left to this country. It, it's... If the government wants the people to trust it in times like this, then you better treat us with respect. You get my point? Absolutely. I mean, I mean, I mean, seriously, you better, you, you better tr- treat us with respect, and, and not play into our our paranoia's because it is. Yeah, and you know, you talk about mere life, but well, over here, our governor. He put up a photo of him getting a haircut, which was later determined that it was fake. It was his wife giving him a haircut. There were no hair clippings anywhere to be found. People looked at the picture. So it's a double standard. I used to live in Chicago, and boy, am I glad to be out of there. But it's not much better here with the Democrats in charge. Coming up, I'm going to play for you what Donald Trump had to say about churches getting back open. It's pretty interesting. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. Mark Levin will be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. 
deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. All right, welcome back. It is Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. Mark Levin will be back with you on Tuesday. Church is under assault by liberals in Positions of power, mayors and governors around the country forcing churches to say to say shut down. And the question now is why, if they're willing to open back up in a responsible way. You want to know how bad people need churches right now? 38.6 million Americans have now filed for unemployment claims since COVID-19 uh, outbreak happened. Uh, and Donald Trump clearly understanding how important it is for churches to open up as well. He had this to say at the White House earlier today. Take a listen. I want to get our country back to normal. I want to normalize. One of the other things I want to do is get the churches open. The churches are not being treated with respect by a lot of the Democrat governors. I want to get our churches open. And we're going to take a very strong position on that very soon. We're going to take a very strong position on that very soon. Now, people are saying, well, what are you going to do? You're This is a church. This is a state's rights issue. What can you do, Donald Trump? I think there's a lot he can do. I think one, just advocating is one of the great things he can do right now. By the way, the Michigan uh, AG just lost her mind, raging at Trump for not wearing a mask at the Ford plant earlier today. Um, And uh, again, uh, Trump didn't wear the mask. He gets tested like every day. His temperature is taken all the time. Um, She has come out and said that Donald Trump is a petulant child not welcome in the state. Well, clearly you're wrong because he was in your state. So, yeah, screw you. I said that in a nice way, so it should be okay, right, Mr. Producer? The Michigan Attorney General, Dana Dumay Nessel, lashed out at President Donald Trump for not publicly wearing a face mask during his visit to the Ford manufacturing plant. Comparing him to a petulant child, he refuses to follow the rules. She went on CNN to talk about this from Lansing. And she acted like a child. Wolf Blitzer said, this morning, right here on CNN, you said that if President Trump doesn't wear a mask, he'll be asked not to return to any undisclosed, unclosed factories in your state. Is the president no longer welcome in Michigan? This is what you call fake outrage. Dana said, back in response to Wolf Blitzer's question, I will say, speaking on behalf of my department and my office, remember, she's more important than any of the citizens, That's right. That's exactly right. Today's events were extremely disappointing and yet totally predictable. I will say that understanding, of course, that his own doctor, Dr. Fauci, recommends the wearing of a mask in public in closed spaces. The CDC makes a recommendation. And in Michigan, that is the law. And a court just upheld that hours ago. And even in Ford, it's their own policy. The president is like a petulant child. He refuses to follow the rules. And I have to say, this is no joke. Funniest part about this is, while she was doing this interview, she didn't have a mask on. So you're an idiot. If you're going to yell at people for wearing, like, not wearing a mask, then actually wear a mask, you moron. I I mean, you literally are not wearing a mask. There's a cameraman, I'm assuming, there's people around you, and you're going to go on TV and yell about the president not wearing a mask while you're not wearing a mask, calling the president a petulant child, and you're not wearing a mask on TV. You're an idiot. If you're going to do this, then at least be somewhat smart about it. You, and I'm trying to help liberals out here so you guys don't look always so stupid. It's just, you, you know, it's just insane. 
Uh, California also attacking, uh, threatening local municipalities who are declaring themselves sanctuary cities from the shutdown. California officials are now threatening those local municipalities with uh, refusing to give them coronavirus funds after local leaders are now opening up their economy, saying we just can't stay closed any longer. Tulare County supervisors vote to open up for business to fight despite Governor Gavin Newsom's lockdown orders. Officials received a letter threatening to withhold some of the $47 million in Federal CARES Act relief funds that have been rewarded. It is my understanding that your county has taken steps that are inconsistent with the governor's executive order and the state public health officials' directives, the letter from the California Governor's Office and Emergency Services said. These problematic and concerning actions jeopardize public health and safety, not only within the county but beyond through community contact and spread, the letter said. It went on to say, if... Uh, till our county believes there is no emergency such that it can ignore the governor's executive orders or the state public health officials' directives, the county would not be able to demonstrate that it was extraordinarily and disproportionately impacted by COVID-19. Well, then this will jeopardize its disaster funding. San Francisco Chronicle reported on how local officials are responding to suffering of local businesses when they voted to reopen It's become an issue of needing to get people back on their feet, back to work, said the supervisor, Dennis Townsend, who authored the county measure that permits virtually all businesses to reopen and halt local enforcement of the California State Home Directive. By trying to protect people, we are taking away the livelihood of people, destroying people. The supervisor's three-to-two vote allowed nearly all businesses to reopen that fall under Phase 2 and Phase 3 of the state's plan. That includes dining restaurants, churches, barbers, gyms, movie theaters, and shopping malls. As for the disaster funding, Townsend said the county has spent about $1.4 million on its COVID-19 response so far. By comparison, the CAO estimates the county will lose between 18 to $25 million in tax revenues with the economy shut down. So basically, in other words, Newsom, you can have your money and screw you. I love it. People are standing up to power right now. In, in a responsible way. That's the main thing. This is the, the people that are in, in the, these these individuals they are standing up to Governor Newsom. They're doing it because they know it's best for their locality, for their municipality. OK, they're doing it for that reason. They're not doing it to stick him in the eye. They clearly went along with this order for a long time. They they clearly did it the right way for as long as they could and now they're losing everything in their town then the people are suffering and they're going to do what's best for their citizens in a responsible manner and that should be applauded and this goes back to the president earlier why do you think the president of the united states of america has come out and defended churches the way that he's defending churches and saying we need to get them back home because he understands that churches are not the problem. In many ways, they are, they are part of the answer to this problem. And people need these churches. That's why he said it. To get our country back to normal. I want to normalize. One of the other things I want to do is get the churches open. The churches are not being treated with respect by a lot of the Democrat governors. I want to get our churches open. And we're going to take a very strong position on that very soon. I, I, I could okay, not gonna... I could not agree more with that, by the way. I think the president's right saying we're going to do something on this very soon. Let me get to your phone calls. one 877 
381 3811 Let me go to Kathy in West Palm Beach, Florida. You're on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in tonight. Hi. Hi there. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. So what concerns me is that people seem to be pretty woefully uninformed about their liberty. First, there is no separation between church and state and the Constitution anywhere. That was a letter to Danbury. We have the freedom of from uh, we have the excuse me, I'm nervous. We have freedom of religion, not freedom from religion. We do not get our rights from government. And the first ten, ten amendments say you can't, you can't, you can't. And they're talking to the government, not the people. So in the First Amendment, we have our right for speech and our right to worship. So um, you can't tell people that they can't. And then another thing is that the experts have been wrong about everything. Today that they're saying that we can't transfer it from, uh, from surfaces, they've been telling us for two months that everything we touch we're going to get sick from. And another thing... And now, and now, by the way, the CDC has reversed that. And I will give them credit for reversing it and having egg on their face. And I appreciate that because, honestly, it makes me trust them. Does that make sense? Uh, it, it, it genuinely makes me trust them more that they're willing to say, hey, we thought that this was going to be easily spread uh, on services. Now it's it's human to human, not on services that much. And I, and I give the CDC credit for this. I'm glad they came out and, and corrected it. I really am. Well, you can be. But the, another thing that they're wrong about is that we get our immunity from touching things, from touching each other. And we cannot get herd immunity if we're locked up in our houses. And by the way, that's voluntary. We don't have to do anything that they tell us with regards to that because we have our liberty. We are not government subjects. We are citizens. They are the servants. And it's outrageous that people just walk around and obey them. It's all fear-mongering. And we have to build a herd immunity. The only way we can yeah. do that is... Well, let, let, me say, let me say this. If you're out there like they're doing in New York and you are surrounding churches the way that they are surrounding churches like they're criminals and forcing churches to shut down the way that they are doing that, uh, the big problem is you don't understand what's going on in this country. In Chicago, you have an insane number of people that are that are fugitives. That they should be using those resources to get murderers off the streets, a murder capital of the of the country. And you're surrounding churches and shutting down roads around churches and attacking them like they're criminals. That tells you about the mental side of this when it comes to what they are trying to do. And it's about respect. And the president saying it's about respect. He's absolutely right. This is about respect. This is all about respect. More than that, it's a violation of our First Amendment, and they don't have the right to do it. And what people need to do is grow a set and stand up. And no matter how much they push, 
shoved back. No, no, no. I'm glad I well, and that's and that's and that's what you have a lot of Christians doing right now. Kathy, I appreciate the phone call and tell I got good friends in West Palm. It's nice to hear from you down there. One eight seven seven three eight one thirty eight eleven. Ben Ferguson filling in for Mark Levin. You can follow me or yell at me on Twitter and Facebook. Ben Ferguson Show. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin-Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. All right, welcome back. It is the uh, Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. He'll be back with you on Tuesday. Planned Parenthood, you got to watch them. They're sneaky. You, you never trust an organization that makes money off of killing children. Write that down. Okay, that's a, just write that down. Never, ever, 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 ever trust an organization that kills children for a living by the millions. Because that is exactly... What they do. This is how scumbaggish they are as an organization. Senator Tom Cotton led 27 of his Senate colleagues in a letter to the Attorney General Barr that calls for the Department of Justice to investigate the 37 Planned Parenthood affiliates that inappropriately applied for and received federal loans through the Payroll Protection Program, which This money is now being used, I am sure, for abortions to facilitate and pay for those that do abortions. A press release from Senator Cotton's office states, quote, under the statutory text of the CARES Act, organizations like these affiliates were expressly prohibited from receiving PPP funds. Additionally, the Small Business Administration confirmed last month that it is Its standing affiliation rules apply to the new PPP, which excludes organizations like Planned Parenthood that employ employ its type of governance and affiliation structure and exceed the cap on total employees. The senator wrote to Barr, we write to urge you to investigate the activities of dozens of Planned Parenthood affiliates that reportedly applied for and received $80 million in loans from the Paycheck Protection Program, $80 million, despite actual knowledge that they, were not, that they were ineligible for such loans. They continued that PPP was not designed to give government funds to politicize partisan abortion providers like Planned Parenthood. Cotton and the other senators also added Planned Parenthood fraudulently taken tens of millions of dollars 
that were intended to help keep those small businesses and nonprofit organizations afloat cannot stand and must be addressed. I couldn't agree more. I want you to think about this. The average loan that a small business got was about 118000 There are 37 Planned Parenthood affiliates that received $80 million in all. Just one affiliate out of California received $7.5 million. And this money is going for abortions, and don't tell me it's not, because without abortions, Planned Parenthood really doesn't exist. Senator Marco Rubio is just one of the Republican senators calling for them now to be investigated because of these actions, and they should be. He explained that Planned Parenthood doesn't apply, doesn't qualify for the PPP money, and more importantly, they knew it. In a statement, Planned Parenthood released March 27th about the CARES Act. The abortion business accused the relief measure includes multiple attacks on reproductive health care. It's not reproductive health care to kill babies, okay? You'll never convince me otherwise. You're an evil, disgusting organization that murders millions of innocent children that cannot protect and defend themselves. And no, you do not deserve any tax dollars to do that. It's murder. Call me old school. And if you don't like what I'm saying right now, grab that dial in front of you and give it a whirl. If you don't like what I'm saying right now, tweet at me and I'll delete you. I don't care. Planned Parenthood is the number one murder provider in this country, period. Planned Parenthood kills more people than every gangbanger, every drug dealer, every illegal immigrant that comes into this country selling drugs. More people die at the hands of Planned Parenthood than from overdoses in this country. They are a murdering operation. What I just said, by the way, should not offend anybody. It's the truth. If you are are shocked by what I just said, then you haven't been paying attention to the millions of abortions that are taking place at the hands of Planned Parenthood. It is a murder business. I'm not saying that to be sensational either. I'm I'm saying it because it's the truth and people need to understand that it is actual. This is what they do. And on top of that, they just stole $80 million from small businesses and nonprofits that actually need the money and they knew they were ineligible. Should they be investigated for this? Hell yes. Ben Ferguson filling in for Mark Levin. We'll be right back. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Mark Levin, the voice the liberals want to silence. But you can talk to Mark at 877-381-3811. All right, welcome back. It is the Ben Ferguson Show. You know what's our Mark Levin Show? Excuse me, Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. That's what happens when you do two radio shows in a day. 
Um, <laughs> the Democratic Party, something that just makes me laugh, and, and, I, and I just was thinking about this during the break. I'm like, we now live in a country where Democrats are in favor of open borders but closed churches. Just stick that in your pipe and smoke that for a second. We literally now live in a country where Democrats are in favor of an open border but closed churches. And you want to know why I don't trust these socialists. Speaking of socialists, the appeals court has just reprimanded the judge, Emmett Sullivan, in the General Michael Flynn case, asking him to explain himself on why the hell he hadn't dismissed the case. That's right. Judge Emmett Sullivan has been ordered to explain himself. The federal judge presiding over that case against the former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn has been ordered by an appeals court to justify his reasoning for refusing to dismiss the case weeks after the Department of Justice asked that all charges against the retired lieutenant general be dropped. A panel of three judges of the U.S. Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia Circuit issued an order today demanding that U.S. Circuit Judge Emmett Sullivan file a response within 10 days addressing Flynn's petition asking the higher court to force Sullivan to honor the government's request to drop the case. The appeals court also offered the Department of Justice the same 10-day period to respond. Politico reported that the appeals court order is the latest twist in a remarkable series of events that have thrown the Flynn case into turmoil on the eve of his sentencing for pleading guilty to lying to the FBI. Last week, Judge Sullivan made an unusual move himself after refusing to immediately dismiss the case against Flynn for clearly political reasons in my, in my mind. He issued an order naming a retired liberal hack judge to argue against the DOJ's request for dismissal and to, quote, address whether the court should issue an order to show cause why Mr. Flynn should not be held in criminal contempt for perjury. In response, Flynn's attorney took the issue over Sullivan's head because he's an idiot to the D.C. Court of Appeals, asking them to force Sullivan to hand, hand and to resign the case to another district judge as to any further proceedings. Following the order handed down to Sullivan by D.C. Circuit Judge Judges, uh, you had three different ones. Flynn's lead attorney, Sidney Powell, told the Washington Post, obviously the court is taking the issue very seriously, as it should. All I can say is, you want to know what judges and why it's so important to pick good people to be leaders? It's because of these type of activist judges. Most people go in to vote, and they have no clue what they're voting for when it comes to judges. They have no idea. And these judges have a lot of power to screw up people's lives. And this is a perfect example of a judge having way too much power to screw up someone's life. All right, back to this Planned Parenthood issue. 37 ineligible Planned Parenthood affiliates applied for and received $80 million in funding from the Coronavirus Paycheck Protection Program, taking away from small businesses in need. And now people are asking for an investigation into Planned Parenthood because they knew that they should not get this money. I want you to hear what Marco Rubio had to say about this. Take a listen. He's going to do a good job of getting to the bottom of it. 
I want to ask you about the small business loans. I know that you have served as the chairman of the Senate Committee on Small Businesses and Entrepreneur. The average loan that a small business got was $118,000. But look at the number that Planned Parenthood got. There are 37 Planned Parenthood affiliates that received $80 million in loans. One of them out in California got $7.5 million. I know you, Josh Hawley, Rick Scott, and James Langford, you're upset about this. You say they have violated the rules. Explain how. Yeah, so the, they just don't qualify for it. There's something called affiliation rules, and that is that if there's some independence between an affiliate and a parent company, then each of these companies are allowed to, each affiliate is allowed to, op, uh, is allowed to apply on their own. In this particular case, in order to be a Planned Parenthood affiliate, you have to get approval of the parent board, the one that's located here in Washington, D.C., a parent board or a parent uh, organization that is sitting on, according to their own numbers in 2018, close to half a billion dollars in net assets. Okay, half a billion dollars in net assets to a large, well-funded organization in Washington, D.C., who has to who controls the operation of these affiliates. They just don't qualify under the affiliate rules. It's as simple as that. Leave aside all the other issues. They do not qualify. So they need to return the money. And if they did this knowingly, they need to be held accountable. And whoever helped them do this knowingly needs to be held accountable. That includes potentially people on staff at the SBA, the banks, Excuse and anybody me, Senator, else. You know they're not going to return the money. They're going to hire big lawyers to represent them. What are you going to do then? Well, ultimately, it's now up to the SBA and the administration to pursue it. The SBA, you know, I think a legitimate question is, how did this get through the SBA? I mean, how did somebody at SBA approve this knowing that it violated the affiliation rules? It's as simple as that. And, and that's a question that we're going to have to ask. Ultimately, others will have to look at how to enforce the law. Congress can't enforce the law, but we can reveal truths and hold people accountable. And we intend to. Beyond the politics, they do not qualify for this loan. And, and, and I'm glad the administration has jumped on it. There has to be a moment where we start fighting as hard as the left fights especially when there is a actual clear violation of the law and the rules that is committed here. Planned Parenthood is a perfect example of that. I am so sick and tired of allowing people to get away with this type of crap. I'm sick of it. I'm tired of these appeals court judges like this. I mean, you know, or this judge Emmett Sullivan being, you know, being able to get away with tying up this case of Michael Flynn and being able to act this way with no repercussions for their actions. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of these California officials being able to threaten withholding funds from these rural counties. They're just trying to stay open and, and keep people employed. I'm tired of these pastors having their churches surrounded in places like Chicago because they want to worship I'm tired of living in a country where we say it's a priority to be able to get an abortion, but not a priority to worship. I'm sick of it, and I'm ready to fight back. And this is what the president's dealing with every single day. I'm tired of 77-year-old barbers, for example, having to go up against governors who are taking their licenses and shutting down their businesses in Michigan Because he just wants to be able to provide for his family. This is what we're dealing with right now. Oh, and don't worry, there's a new outrage tonight from the media and the left. They're obsessed with this. 
Donald Trump says he won't close the country if a second wave of coronavirus hits because he realizes we, we, we wouldn't be able to overcome it financially and people need to stay open and they need to work. And now they're saying he's deliberately making decisions to kill people. <laughs> really? They're saying, oh, yes. You know, these Republican senators are calling for the Department of Justice to investigate Planned Parenthood for fraud. I applaud them. And 27 Republican senators, including Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, have sent this letter to the Attorney General Bill Barr calling on the Department of Justice to open an investigation into Planned Parenthood for improperly claiming coronavirus relief loans designed for small businesses. Planned Parenthood stole from small businesses. There are small businesses that could have used this $80 million, and it was stolen from Planned Parenthood affiliates that had applied for and received $80 million, and they knew that they were ineligible. And they did it anyway. And again, Rubio makes a great point here. His point is, look, based on the most recent financial report coming from Planned Parenthood, they have a net asset close to $2 billion in total revenue, revenue from killing people, of $1.7 billion the last fiscal year. This group operates hundreds of clinics across the country, organized into dozens of, affiliate, dozens of affiliates. They employ 16,000 people that help kill babies. That clearly far exceeds the 500-employee cap applied to the Small Business Loan Program. They knew what they were doing, and they did it anyway because they're Planned Parenthood, and they say, we have and we own the Democratic Party, and there's no way that they're going to let us be screwed with. All right, let me go to your phone calls. one 381 3811 Let me go to Aubrey in California. Aubrey, nice to have you with us on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in. Hi. Hello. How are you? I, I'm well. I'm just, I just am listening to you. I'm a fan of the station. I usually don't listen this time of day. I'm at work, but I'm in a situation where I can turn on a radio. And I agree with a lot of things that you've talked about in the last, era, uh, last hour, especially the church. That's absurd. But, but I'm waiting for the butt. You're, the, you're what I call my, the butt caller. Okay. Well, you can call me whatever you want, sir. You get paid to do that. I'm just, my opinion of a taxpaying American here is, uh, granted, I'm not here to argue whether they deserve the money or not. I, that's, that's not me to say. But to say that they stole is just absurd. They are who they are. They had to fill out a form like everybody else, and they, uh, the name has to be put on the organization, whether it's an affiliate or the actual home office of Plant Parenthood. Those forms have to go to somebody in government, and that has to be approved. So instead of sitting here yelling your freaking head off saying that they stole X amount of money from personal businesses who need the money, let's place the blame well, where did. it goes. Hold on, hold on. They, they did steal the money. There are, this is exactly the reason why the DOJ should be investigating them. They do not qualify, which means they lied on the loans. When I got my PPP loan for one of my businesses, it was very clear that when I signed my name that I could commit fraud if I lied on that form. It is obvious that Planned Parenthood 
did not qualify based on their own reporting, based on their own numbers from last year, based on their number of employees, based on having a couple billion dollars in the bank. So so to say that basically what you're trying to imply, I think, is that you're saying, well, hey, since they got the money, it's not their fault. Well, all right, you and I go to a bank tomorrow, and we and we falsify our lie to get a loan, and then the a couple months down the road, the bank figures out that we lied to get the loan, and then our defense would be a terrible one if we use your logic, which is, well, hey, you gave me the money, so it's not our fault. Before it doesn't work that way, bro. It's, that's not you're 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 going on things of pure assumption. You're assuming. I, I'm not. It's not assumption when I know how much money they've reported because it's public information. You haven't seen the loan documents in front of you. You don't know if they applied as Planned Parenthood, if they applied as a fictitious name to cover it. I, up. I, did, I didn't say that they did. I think they applied as Planned Parenthood. And I think they clearly knew what the rules were, and clearly they broke the rules. That is why you have... All of these senators, including Mitch McConnell, which is a pretty level-headed guy that's not going to lend his name to something if there isn't a massive fire there, because honestly, I think McConnell's pretty weak a lot of times on things like this. And the reason why he signed this is because he even even realized, you know what, this is a load of crap. Once again, though, this is pointing the finger at someone who did wrong. I get that. But the idiot here who caused the problem is the one who approved the loan. The loan should not have been approved, and it should have been brought to the. Okay, I, I, I go back. I go back to to the point here. Okay, if you and I go in and we get a loan that we should have never gotten, and we get the money, is it a good defense to say, "Well, you guys gave us the loan, so it's your fault"? If we clearly applied for a loan that we were not that we were ineligible for, based on what is on the phone, and I'll say this: Have you filled out the PPP loan application? I'm assuming not. No, because I okay. Then hold on. Let me then let me let me say this. I'll go back to it. I have, and it was, and we were very careful and asked a hell of a lot of questions from our bank to make sure that we filled it out the right way, because I I know I'm a target. And I'm not going to screw up. And so we made sure that we were eligible, that we were doing our math correct, that everything was in line, that we had all the paperwork backed up to do it for our PPP loan because we want to make sure we were playing within the rules. And I have a mentality because I'm a conservative commentator doing this show and doing TV that I don't want someone to be able to come after me for political reasons. So I always cover my AWS as much as I possibly can. And my point is, and my point is this, you have an organization that explicitly was excluded. Large nonprofit organizations such as Planned Parenthood were explicitly excluded from this program and they did it anyway and that's why they should be investigated. And if I, let's just say this, all right, let's say that you're right and Planned Parenthood hypothetically did nothing wrong, which I don't believe it for a second. Because we can see their financial report from last year. And Planned Parenthood had a total net assets of close to $2 billion, a total revenue of $1.7 billion the last fiscal year. The group operates, we know, hundreds of clinics across the country. And we know from their filings, they're organized into dozens of affiliates. And they employ 16,000 workers, which is more than the 500-employee cap applied to small business loans. We know all that from their own filings. 
If they have done nothing wrong, then they should have no problem defending themselves. We know it. Dozens of Planned Parenthood affiliate applied for these loans and 37 received them. If you take their total number of employees and look at the 37, there's no way that they are under the 500 number. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. Mark Levin will be right back. Mark Levin. All right, welcome back. It is the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. He'll be back with you on Tuesday. I just want to get one more point in here real quick about Planned Parenthood uh, and them getting this money. I think Planned Parenthood, when they got this money, they knew that they knew that the left was going to protect and defend them, and they'd probably get away with it. They knew they had great lawyers. They probably said, screw it, get the money. Hell, you can use the $80 million. You're going to get to defend yourself if there's a problem. They may have even said, you know what? We're going to probably have to pay the money back. Who cares? But it's an $80 million loan at 1%. So get it anyway. And we can claim that, oh, we didn't realize it or whatever. The DOJ, and if they did nothing wrong, then they should have no problem with the DOJ investigating them for what I would consider clearly to be fraud. Let me also say this. If a conservative organization would have pulled the, tried to pull this crap, they'd be arresting people already under the Obama administration. The DOJ, can you imagine under James Comey? Lord have mercy. Can you imagine Peter Strzok getting to go after and arrest a bunch of people with a conservative organization? And what was her name? Peter Strzok's Chica? Lisa Page, yes. Yeah, the Chica, yeah. Can you imagine these guys? McCabe, Clapper? Oh, they'd just be like, watch this. We'll arrest some people. We'll show them. Marco Vin's show. Ben Ferguson filling in. We'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Welcome. It is Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one, Mark Levin, tonight. And uh, Mr. Producer, I'm sorry to tell you, you're racist. It's it's true. I, I don't say that lightly. Okay, I'm not trying to be mean to you, but you you're racist, and it's you, you you're gonna it's gonna be bad for you. Why? I, I, oh, I gotta explain it. Okay, fine, I'll explain it to you. Kamala Harris said so. That's why. Kamala Harris has just cooked up a new way to shut you up about the coronavirus, also known as the Wuhan virus. The front runner begging to be the woman chosen to be the VP. Because, remember, we're going to be sexist in our choices, and this will shut women up from the sexual abuse uh, assault charges against Joe Biden by saying, no men are allowed to be my VP, only women. That's sexism of just, let's just be honest, it is. It's also pandering. Uh, it's also pathetic that we're literally saying no men are allowed to be the vice president of the United States of America because you got to have a bunch of women not be yelling at you for 
your sexual assault allegations against you. Senator Kamala Harris, I like that first name, Kamala, has introduced legislation that would equate the term, you ready for this? I'll try to get my best Donald Trump in here. Chinese virus would now be considered hate speech. Her legislation would also call on government officials everywhere to denounce the use of the Chinese virus. Apparently, not only the term, the use of the terms Chinese virus, but also Wuhan virus and Kong flu, quote, is inaccurate rhetoric perpetrating anti-Asian stigma. That is your leading vice presidential candidate right now. There has been a reported rise in violent crime against Asian Americans since the Chinese virus hit the U.S., but there have been few official hate crimes or crime statistics that would confirm that. Only anecdotal evidence, if you want to actually get down to it. Now, no doubt there are people in this country right now that are anti-Chinese. Goods, I would argue, not people. China has angered a lot of American workers and their trade practices and their stealing of our copyrighted like everything and trade secrets and trying to blame the United States, by the way, for the coronavirus pandemic, when the Chinese government actually said that the U.S. military brought this to China. Don't forget that. Does that mean that I am a racist because I don't like communist China? How is it racist for me to call it the Wuhan virus when it actually started in Wuhan? How is it racist that I call it the Chinese virus when it actually came from China? This is what Kamala Harris thinks is important right now. Not helping the 30 plus million Americans that are unemployed. Not protecting Americans uh, from, from having jobs taken away by illegal immigrants. Not giving money to illegal immigrants, which the Democrats are now in favor of. And giving them an actual bailout package with your tax dollars. And laying off. Frontline workers and and first responders in California while giving out hundreds of millions of dollars and $500 checks to illegal immigrants. No, 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 no. What she's working on right now is making sure that you are a racist if you call the coronavirus the Chinese virus or the Wuhan virus. And that means you're racist, just like Mr. Producer. Sorry, I'm throwing you under the bus. You've called it the Wuhan virus. You can't lie. You're a racist. Camilla Harris said so. Can't use facts here to actually talk about it coming from there. Well, let's talk about this. China knew, and, and, and I, I, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, okay? So I don't think that China deliberately infected the world like, like trying to, you know, bomb us with a disease. What I do believe, and before you freak out and yell at me for what I just said, hear what the rest of the sentence, of the paragraph, I should say. What I do believe is that China... And Wuhan were really stupid. And all of a sudden, this thing got out. And what China did was exactly what communist China always does. They protect the image of the country instead of actually protecting the people of their own country. They also, I think, realized how bad this was going to be because they were seeing it early on. And instead of shutting down their borders and them suffering the economic downturn which they have suffered in china 
They said basically, well, if we are going to be a weak China, if we are going to have a weak economy, if this is going to decimate us, then so be it for the rest of the world to get it so we'll all be equal. Because that would make sense when you're dealing with a communist, with, 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 with the, the, the communist Chinese government. I don't think that they initially set out to hurt anybody. I think they were stupid, made a mistake, and this thing got out to their people, and they realized what it was going to do to them, and they said, well, if we're going to go down, then the rest of the world is going to go down with us, and that's why they didn't tell the truth. That's why they didn't shut down travel. That's why they did not quarantine their country. They knew it was going to have a massive impact in a negative way on their economy and on their country. And they said, we cannot be weakened while others stay powerful, like the United States at 3% unemployment. So if we're going to be weakened, everybody else is going to be weakened, too. That's my opinion. But when they start saying that the U.S. government poisoned them and brought you know, the coronavirus to their country... With all due respect to, to Kamala, you can, you can go to hell. I'll say whatever I want to say with the Wuhan virus, with, with, a, with a Kong flu, with a Chinese virus. I'm not, I'm not, I mean, what did she, I mean, seriously, is she being paid off by communist China? Is she their spokesperson now in our government protecting the, 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 the image of the communist Chinese government? Whose team are you on, woman? Whose side are you on here? Do you, I mean, you're, you're literally spending time defending a nation that infected the rest of the world by, by lying to the rest of the world and knowing they had a problem and deliberately doing everything the opposite of what you would do to try to protect innocent life and innocent people. They've killed almost 100,000 Americans. This lockdown has been a disaster for the entire country. It has decimated small businesses. People, it will take them decades to recover from this. And you're spending time writing legislation demanding that no one say what this is, a Chinese Wuhan Kong flu virus. That's nothing but Chinese propaganda. That's nothing but communist propaganda i would argue this is communist propaganda plain and simple communist propaganda call me old school am i wrong is this not communist propaganda is she not advocating being a American government official protecting and defending the communist regime by saying that in America, I'm not allowed to say Chinese virus. And this, and, and let me also explain to you fear here, okay? Full disclosure. If you've never heard me fill in for the great one, let me just say this. I own a gun store. No, I'm not the devil. I do. I own a gun store. Uh, we do permit to carry classes. There were two things that happened uh, when this coronavirus happened. We saw a significant rise in people coming in. They were of Asian descent, Asian Americans that were genuinely afraid that they were going to be targeted. And we have not seen that with actual evidence. Thank goodness. And we did everything we could to help them, protect them, educate them because they're Americans. 
the idea that there's a bunch of hatred towards Asian Americans in this country has just not been accurate. We've not seen it. The American people are smart, and they understand that the communist Chinese government is to blame for this. Not Americans that happen to be of Chinese descent. And this idea, I mean, all you're doing is you're, you're literally just doing PR for the communist regime. That's what Kamala Harris is doing. She is literally doing a PR campaign on their behalf saying, in America, I want to ma- mandate that no one is allowed to say this. I'll say it all day long as much as I want to do it. Whose team are you on? Are you working for the Chinese communists? Are you working for the American people? Because based on what I'm reading right now, you're clearly working for the Chinese communist government and not for the American people. You shouldn't have time to work on this. You have Americans right now that are hurting. You have Americans that need your, need help. You're supposed to be this big leader in the Democratic Party. You're supposed to be helping the American people, and this is what you're doing right now, demanding that I don't say Chinese virus or Wuhan virus. I'll say it as much as I want because you're an idiot. I feel better now. And by the way, Mr. Producer, I'm sorry, but you're still a racist. I'm not saying that. Kamala is. One eight seven seven three eight one thirty eight eleven. One eight seven seven three eight one thirty eight eleven. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. We we'll be right back. Mark Levin. Welcome back. It is Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. If you want to make Kamala Harris angry, just say Wuhan virus. Chinese virus. What was the other one, Mr. Producer, that makes you a, uh, what is it? What is it? <laughs> Kung, 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 whatever, Kung Pao, I don't know. Yeah, whatever it is. The other, the, whatever another one is, she's now wanting to, like, actually do legislation that says you can't say these things if you do. Uh, no one in government should say it either. She's just cooked up a new way to shut you up about the Wuhan virus. She has introduced legislation that would equate the term Chinese virus with hate speech and would call on government officials everywhere to denounce it. That's right. Apparently, the use of the term Chinese virus, Wuhan virus, Kung flu, is inaccurate rhetoric perpetrating anti-Asian stigma. So this is what she's working on right now. Not, Not working on, like, helping you and your small businesses and... Job creation and loans and they, oh no, 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 we're gonna, we're gonna introduce legislation that tells me that I can't say Chinese virus. And if I do, I'm now a racist. I have no ill will towards Chinese Americans. I have no ill will, by the way, towards the majority of Chinese people. I don't. I have ill will towards the Chinese communist regime. Cause they're scum. They infected the entire world and actually kill people because of their selfish ways in that country with the communist people. I feel bad for the people in China that had to deal with this regime while they were getting sick. They, they were not protected by their own government. I feel terrible for the people in China. I don't hate the Chinese people. I hate their government. I hate the communist leadership. 
But I'm going to say Chinese virus all the time. Chinese virus, Chinese virus. What are you going to do, lock me up? It's not, it's not racist to tell the truth about what happened. It came from China. It's a Chinese virus. It came from Wuhan. It's a Wuhan virus. This, this is not racist to say that, but this is exactly what the left does. They try to silence you by saying that you can't tell the truth. And, and this, I would argue... What Kamala Harris has done here is done nothing more than carrying water for the communist regime. And this is not what she should be focusing on right now. I think we should all be able to agree on that as well. I want to go to your phone calls, and I want to see what you think about this. one 381 3811 Let me get your phone calls in here, and I'll go next to... Uh, let me go to Allison in Colorado Springs. Hi, Allison. You are on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson with you tonight. Hello, Ben. What a pleasure to speak to you. Um, before I get to talking about my um, fascist governor in Colorado, I think we should remind Kamala Harris of three words, Jamaican slave owners. She comes from Jamaican slave owners. So I would challenge Kamala, is she a racist? Her family owned slaves. So let me get to what's going on in Colorado. Our governor uh, saw the president last week, and he spoke to him and said that Colorado was open. We are not open. He lied. We're not open. And what we have is a dictator. I would say California, Colorado, New York, you can pick a few more states. But we have the central dictator, and if you oppose him, he will take you down. Forcible oppression of opposition is fascism. Can't anybody help us? It's again, this is and this is the number one choice right now at the top of the list. Okay, at the top of the list is Kamala Harris for Joe Biden. And this is what she thinks important right now. I I go back to the aspect of just her actually believing this is what she should be focusing her time on. How is this good for the country? It's not. This, 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 and again, there's, there's, there's no actual evidence to prove that there's been a massive uptick in crimes against Asian Americans. And I understood the fear early on. I watched and saw the fear in our gun store where Asian Americans were coming in afraid that they were going to be targeting crimes. And that has not been the case. Because I think in the majority of Americans overwhelmingly understand that this is the Chinese government, not even the Chinese people. I think the majority of Americans feel bad for the actual Chinese people who have become victims of this coronavirus and who have died. And they've even lied about their deaths and how many people have died. I mean, the Chinese government does everything they can to protect the communist regime more than anything else. Of course it does. I mean, remember how we found out? I'm just going off. Do you remember how we found out about Chernobyl? Yes. We didn't. We found particles in the air months after the reactor blew up. And somebody today is... Well, and again, look at... Chernobyl's another great example. You had the regime, the Russian regime, that cared more about protecting and saving face than they even did their own people. That's the point I'm making. You're exactly right. 1-877-381-3811. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. Mark Levin. We'll be right back. 
Mark Levin, the modern voice of the Founding Fathers. This is the Mark Levin Show. Dial in now at 877-381-3811. Hey, Mr. Producer, you're going to love this. I, I, I tweeted out a second ago, hey, how, to, how to tick off Camilla Harris in a tweet. Hashtag China virus, hashtag Wuhan coronavirus, hashtag Wuhan virus. <laughs> oh, people are going to be mad at me. I, I'm going to I'm going to blame you, by the way. If anyone yells at me, I'm just going to tag you in it. It's going to say it's yell at him. He's the one that started tonight. <sighs> Kamala Harris spending time right now reprimanding you and actually spending time introducing and writing legislation that would ban you from being able to use the term Chinese virus, claiming it would be considered hate speech, and call. And this legislation would demand that government officials everywhere denounce it. The use of the term Chinese virus, Wuhan virus, and Kong flu is, quote, inaccurate rhetoric perpetrating anti-Asian stigma, meaning you're racist if you use it. Or it could just be telling the truth, you idiot. Uh, the Senate resolution condemns all forms of anti-Asian sentiment as related to COVID-19, citing Chinese virus, Wuhan virus, and Kong flu as inaccurate rhetoric perpetrating anti-Asian stigma. The bill calls on public officials to denounce such rhetoric in any form. It also calls on law enforcement officials to, quote, investigate, document, and prosecute the perpetrators of hate crimes against Asian Americans. By the way, I have no problem with that part. But am I perpetrating a hate crime based on what the legislation is saying if I call... It the Wuhan virus, based on the Senate resolution, yeah, they could, like, come knock on my door and be like, excuse me, Miss Ferguson, we heard you filling in for Mark Levin the other night, and we uh, have a tape of you saying Chinese virus and Wuhan virus and Kung flu, uh, we're not going to charge you with a hate crime. If, if Camilla Harris gets her way, that could actually happen. No wonder, I guess, she's the, the top leader right now to run for... VP. That's how you you got to be crazy to get that job, apparently. <laughs> Jim in Asheville, North Carolina. You're on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson with you tonight. Hi. Howdy, Jim. Oh, can you hear me there, Mr. I can Thurber? hear you just fine. Uh, see, Chinese virus, Chinese virus, Chinese virus. Stop it. Virus. Stop it. They're going to come after you. Uh, Chinese flu, Chinese flu, Chinese flu. That's what it is. That's where it came from. I, I, you know, I say as I'm getting older, I'm, I'm 30, what am I now, 37? I, I think that's right. I, I lose track. The older I get, I've been doing radio since I was 12. And I used to, when I was younger, try to be very careful. And now I'm just at that point in life, I'm like, you know what? Right, up is up, down is down, right is right, wrong is wrong, and and Chinese virus is Chinese virus. And if I if that irritates you, I genuinely don't care anymore. Well, she, she's uh, just everything's opening back up, so she's opening up back to her old schemes. That's the only way she can get attention, I guess. But does anybody ever listen to NPR about what how they say the white man this, the white man that, the white man this? You know, and uh, I'm a first generation of uh, of a. Uh, integrated schools there and uh all the people i went to school with with different colors we all learned the same thing and uh you know the the way they try to put down words for to change words to, to try to appease somebody is something else you know uh it's an attitude in everybody and her attitude is sorry and uh 
uh, treated, which is the way I feel. I mean, she shouldn't even be up there. But like I say, I believe she's just, uh, they've opened up everything, so she feels like it's time just to jump in there because that's the only way she can try to get some attention because I, I just don't believe Well, I, look, I, I, this is nothing more than pandering uh, in the lowest form, and liberals, I guess, go for this crap. Well, you're exactly right. That's the reason I, I appreciate you taking my call. Uh, I, Thank you, sir. I, it's I, good I, to talk to you, and I appreciate you listening. One eight seven seven three eight one thirty eight eleven. Let me go to <sighs> I just I just read something on on Twitter that one of you tweeted at me. I can't repeat on the air, but well played. You you you'll know who you are. I just I just got it. Well well played. All right. Let me go to Ron in Wichita, Kansas. Ron, welcome. You're on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson with you tonight. Hi. Howdy. How are you? Just wonderful. Give me your thoughts on this. Well, I want to jump back to the church topic. Sure. You know, where we live, uh, you know, we've we've been doing yard work, and uh, we can go to Lowe's or Walmart or Home Depot, and, you know, they've got all these stickers on the floors and but nobody pays attention to them. Everybody's shoulder to shoulder. Nobody's wearing masks. Nobody wears gloves. You know, but we can't go to church. And I would think that, you know, I know our church is large enough and we have enough services that uh, they're going to be able to separate us and keep us at this, you know, this, hell, we could sit 10 feet apart, you know. So it's easy to see why people feel like this is all some sort of big corporate government conspiracy. You know, all the all the big large corporations. Hold on, but when you when you say big government conspiracy, you're going to explain. You're going to have to explain that a little bit. What do you mean by that? The large corporations, you know, like Walmarts and, and Target and Home Depot and Lowe's and, you know, your, your big box stores, they've been able to stay open throughout this whole deal. But a lot of these little small mom-and-pop shops, they shut them down. And to me, it, it just feels like, I guess, and, and maybe it's just a personal feeling, but, um, you know, there's there's a lot of us in this town that feel like, you know, big government is so deeply rooted into the pockets of the, of the, or big business is so deeply rooted into the big government that, you know, they can basically buy whatever they want. They can say, hey, don't shut us down. You know, we need to stay open. We've got to stay profitable. Um, you know, from what I've heard, Lowe's and all of them, they've, they've had record, uh, record months. Well, if you have a heart, you lose me as a government when you tell me I can go to Lowe's and Home Depot, but I can't go to church. I can go to Planned Parenthood and get abortion, but I can't go to church in a responsible way. I'm not talking about packing in. I'm not talking about Easter crowds, okay? It's not what I'm talking about here. I'm not talking about Christmas. I'm talking about responsible social distancing, letting families sit together and worship. Exactly. You know, why, why can we not do that? You know, why is it, why is it so um, 
it's like a, it's like some sort of taboo, you know. Yeah. It's like it, it's like they they I don't know. It's like the liberals, I guess. They just they're like, you know, it's okay to go do all this shopping. Well, we got to keep things going, but you guys can't go to church. We just can't allow that. Well, and and not just can't go to church. It's we're going to surround your church. We're going to cut off roads to your church. We're going to cut off access to your own parking lot. That's what they're actually doing in Chicago. Well, yeah, and I've heard... And, and, and that, to me, is just pure persecution and hatred towards people that go to church. Wichita, we've had... Uh, now, my, my mom just felt like going to the church parking lot and, and watching church on her tablet made her feel more like she was at church, you know, instead of doing it at home. And at first, that was not a problem. She could go and sit in the parking lot and get on her tablet. She could watch church, you know, watch the church through her tablet. And then as things were starting to, to progress and they talked about, we're going to open up, uh, we're going to do this plan to start opening stores and we're going to do this. Well, all of a sudden, now the, the parking lots have been blocked off. I mean, they're not, they're not guarded at every entrance. But they've got barriers up. Well, I don't understand that. Are they worried that people are going to get out of the car and start socializing? I mean, they're doing at Walmart and Lowe's. If you can socialize there, I've ran into friends that I haven't seen in 15 years at Lowe's, and we yeah. stood three feet apart. Managers are walking by. There's nobody there telling us, hey, you guys can't. You guys got to be six feet apart. Yeah. This is this is this is literally what we're dealing with now, and I appreciate the phone call. Thank you, sir. Good to talk to you. One eight seven seven three eight one thirty eight eleven. Let me go to John. And uh, is it is it Boozman, Montana? You're on the Mark Levin show. Ben Ferguson with you. Hi. Hi, Ben. Hey, uh, I was listening earlier when your butt caller tried to make it sound like uh, he won the lottery if his bank or SBA made a mistake and gave Planned Parenthood the money. And I've got to tell you that I've had uh, a bank, a head teller give me a certified check. Instead of for 50000 she gave it to me for 500000 And And I looked at it and I said, you don't want to give me this check. And, and she looks at it and she goes, oh, my mistake. But she said, you wouldn't have gotten very far because... You still, you don't get to keep the money like it's a lottery that you just won just because your bank made a mistake. I think it's like theft by common scheme. Right, right. Well, I mean, it was like that guy that um, early on got his his PPP check, right? Or maybe it was even just his twelve hundred dollar check, and it was like one point two million. I can't remember. It was in the news recently, and it, it was it was like a big you know to do. It was like, oh my gosh, look at this, right? And everybody was freaking out over it. Uh, and, and then the money was in his account, and then it went, it disappeared. You know, it, it, just like Planned Parenthood, just because you got the money doesn't mean that you got it legally and doesn't mean that you get to keep it because, like, well, I got it, so therefore I'm scot free. No, you go to the ATM and it gives you a million dollars when you ask for a hundred, you don't get to keep it. Well, you really identified the butt caller because when I, when he started getting totally ripping mad that this, somehow the mistake shouldn't be able to be kept by Planned Parenthood. So 
kudos to you, but uh, good show. Thank you, brother. Great to talk to you. one 381 3811 one Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. Mark Levin will be right back. Mark Levin. So Donald Trump announced that he won't close the country if a second wave of coronavirus hits, and now people are saying he's purposely wanting people to die. No, having people die on purpose is what Cuomo did, sending and forcing people with COVID-19 into nursing homes and everybody getting it in a pandemic, and then laughing about it on TV like, oh, well, people die. President Donald Trump, however, said we are not closing our country. The U.S. is hit by a second wave of coronavirus infections. People say that's a very distinct possibility. It's standard, Trump said when asked about a second wave during a tour of the Ford factory in Michigan. We're going to put out the fires. We're not going to close the country, Trump said. We can put out the fires, whether it is an ember or a flame. We are going to put it out, but we are not closing our country. And I think most people agree with that. Trump said, I'm determined to revive the economy. I'm going to do everything I can in a responsible way to get this country back up and running. We have more than 38 million U.S. workers that have filed unemployment claims in the past nine weeks as businesses have been shuttering amid the pandemic. And, and this uh, president understands we got to do whatever we can to get this country open in a responsible way. And that does not make him a bad person, and it doesn't mean he's trying to get people to die. So while he's actually doing that, Kamala Harris is trying to pass legislation to make it a hate crime for me to say Wuhan virus or Chinese virus. That's what she's working on. Guess that, And that literally is now what qualifies you to be the front runner as the vice presidential candidate pick for Joe Biden. Yeah. And people wonder why I cannot wait for the actual campaign to get back and the debates to start and for Joe Biden to stand on stage next to the president of the United States of America and be asked about these types of things. I cannot wait. I mean, I cannot wait for Joe Biden to actually have to answer questions on this crap. Cannot wait. 1-800, or I should say one 381 3811 let me get back to your phone calls now, and I will go to uh, Randy and Lincoln. Welcome, Randy. You are on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in tonight. Hi. Hi, Ben. Hey, I want to make the case about the Democrats deliberately trying to destroy the economy by not opening up the cities and businesses. Um, they've been doing it for years. Uh, bear with me a second here because I got a little analogy. They're kind of the party of smoke and mirrors. They tell you one thing, and they do another. They show something. For instance, uh, NAFTA, the North America Free Trade Agreement, they say it's a free trade agreement, but it was uh, a uh, job-killing bill that I believe that they deliberately wanted to kill jobs. Uh, You know, And it did kill jobs, because why would uh, President Obama want to start TPP knowing it would be another job-killing uh, bill. I believe he wanted to kill more jobs because uh, that's what they're doing now with the coronavirus. 
they're willing to uh, sacrifice people's jobs to get them on the dole, to make them uh, dependent on the government, basically to turn it into a socialist state. And that's all been revealed when the three-year-old got on the magic stage with them, that's AOC, and she ripped back the curtain and showed, uh, for w- showed them what they really were. In other words, showing the New Green Deal, uh, free, gov- or free uh, education, what was the other thing that they did, um, yeah, it was just all of her freebie programs. In other words, she laid out. Well, just the- just look at what Democrats did in this in this three trillion dollar, you know, where they call it Heroes Act. They give money to illegal immigrants, and then they try to make it in this bill. It's actually in the bill that they passed that it is not against the law for you to hire an illegal immigrant during this time. Why would you do that when you have thirty million Americans out of work right now? Why would you? encourage people to hire illegal immigrants when Americans a lot of work are out of work. Right. They want to make us a socialist country. Uh, and like I said, AOC was like a three-year-old on stage. She ripped it back, the curtain back, so you could see the magic show that they were trying to do. I mean, what is magic? Magic is a the art of deception. And they were deceiving the people. They were trying to uh, promote things as something they really weren't. And, you know, like I said, when they were trying to sign TPP and they knew how bad it killed the jobs, you know, remember Obama said, you know, when Trump said he was going to bring back the jobs, what are you going to do? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm not trying to cut you off. I'm literally uh, out of time. Mr. Producer, as always, pleasure. Mark will be back with you on Tuesday. Love to keep up with you. You can follow me on Twitter and Facebook, Ben Ferguson Show. It's Mark Levin Show. Have a fabulous rest of your evening. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.